Welcome to another episode of the Galloway and Isbell podcast. My name is Thomas Galloway. To my left is Evan Isbell. How are you, Evan? I'm doing sleepy. I'm doing, I mean, good. He's sleepy. Sleeping good and great. And all but full of energy at the same time. Yeah, we'll get going. Yeah, we'll get going. I, to my right is Noah Galloway. How are you, Noah? I'm doing amazing. Doing amazing. Okay. So before us, we have some carrots, some bananas and ranch and so on. And then also some questions. Yes. Also some questions about road rage. Um, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Before we get to that, I will talk a, bit, a little bit about the wedding ring um, complaint that I have, yeah, that we brought up last episode. I'll get to. We'll start off with that. We'll get to our road rage questions, situations, uh, experiences, and then um, we'll see where we're at. So, but first, this podcast is brought to you by Morning Bell Coffee Roasters. Morning Bell offers a diverse, unique selection of specialty coffees and have direct personal relationships with their suppliers. You can visit Morning Bell at 111 Main Street in Ames, Iowa, or get their coffee at the Wheatsville Co-op or either Hy-Vee location in Ames. If you do not live in the Ames area, that is not a problem. You can order off their website, morningbellcoffee.com, and shipping is free anywhere in the United States if you order over two pounds of coffee. And whether you visit the actual location or order online, let them know you heard about them on this podcast. They like hearing how new customers hear about their business, and it shows us and them that the sponsorship thing actually works. And don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with others. It really does help. So, the, my wedding ring situation. I've been seeing a lot of dark wedding rings around lately. And I'm not a big fan of them. And I have a reason why I don't really like them. But I've also been trying to figure out why I'm seeing so many of them now. And so at first I thought it was, um, and I still think this to a certain extent, it's just like a, another way to be unique. Mm -hmm. uh, but I think it's a, it's a little more, the answer is a little more um, intricate than that. I don't think it's quite that simple. Uh, I don't know if you guys have any thoughts about this in particular, like oh. why you think my people might be doing this. Maybe, could it but, be that you just started noticing it? It's possible, but I... I feel like I would have seen it before just because I usually see things like this. And I I did do a little research on this, which I usually try to avoid doing because... <laughs> you don't want to sound like you have an idea of what's going right. on. And and then you start to understand other perspectives and that's not any fun. No. It's a lot more fun just to like have one opinion and just go all out on it. Everyone knows that the closed-minded person <laughs> is the person that is successful. Successful. I think, right? I think that's the one how, how Gandhi said that one. Right? That's how it works, yeah. yeah. But I think, so, okay, I came to a conclusion. I have a theory about this. And my theory, I'm calling it the Bonnie and Clyde theory. And I, I'm sure people have come up with similar things to this, but this is, this is what I was thinking about. That couples do things to separate themselves from other couples and other people. Because it brings them closer together. Now that we have this social media and we can be like, oh, everyone else is... So happy. We need to be. We need to be special. Yeah, we need to do our own thing. We need to separate ourselves from other people. And I think that the wedding, the, the black wedding ring, is a way to do that because you separate yourself from other people by being, being a little different. And it brings you closer together as a result of that. So I'm calling it the Bonnie and Clyde theory because the ultimate example is Bonnie and Clyde. How they were like, so special. They they're so special. Happy. They they created. They separate themselves from everybody else, but like to the ultimate extent, like creating an us versus them situation. A, us versus them dynamic. Mm -hmm. 
And so... Like Bonnie and Clyde versus the world. Yeah, so, and it brought them together because of that. Mm. So this wedding ring thing is obviously not to that extent, but it's, it's not an us versus them. It's sort of like an us being different from everybody else. Mm. And so it's not quite as far in that direction, but it still is that separation. And by default, it bring, it's bringing you closer together. Mm. See, I've and, never thought about it that way. Right. And I don't, and if you ask these couples why they got dark wedding rings or black wedding rings, you would never, they would never say that in a million years. They would never say, we're doing this to separate ourselves from others or bring us closer together. But, but I feel pretty confident that that's at least the early adopters of this black wedding ring. That was their situation. Now you do have a certain number of people who are just saying, oh, hey, you see what uh, Fred and Mary had their dark wedding rings. Let's get some of those too. But I think the people who started getting it, like it, it was an attempt um, and underli- that was the underlying motivation was to um, separate themselves from others and then by, that by default bring them closer together. Now, as part of my research, I did see that dark wedding rings are cheaper, which I don't really buy because this is like, it's a symbolic, like wedding rings, that's what you pay the money for. Like you're not really trying to look for discounts on wedding rings. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't really think that's the reason. And also they don't scratch apparently. Really? What yeah. material is it made of? Uh, I think tungsten or something mm. like that. It's probably a rubber band. A black rubber band. <laughs> you know that there's some... it used to be just a wedding band and not necessarily like a ring. So like you could give your girl like a anything that was in a circular shape. You're like, hey, this Close. thing represents our relationship. Yeah. And and you're never going to escape it. <laughs> Any matching circular shape would be fine. Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. like a bracelet, a wristwatch, yeah. a noose. <laughs> next time yeah so okay and then here's the reason I don't so that's why I think people do it this is why I don't think well, this is why I think people should not do it so I'm going to assume that black wedding rings are a trend I don't think they're going to take over like the the whole entire market and to me they, they seem like a trend they look like a trend when I see them all I see is a trend that's what I that's the first thing I think about and a trend is fleeting and it's not lasting. And if your wedding ring, your wedding band is a symbol, I think the last thing you want to symbolize is something that's fleeting or trendy, or it's not there for the long haul. Like the the wedding band, that's that should symbolize um, consistency. It's eternal. Yeah, yeah, the entire the future, all all of those things. So I think it just it symbolizes the opposite of what you want to symbolize. And like I said, I don't think people are saying, are, are, are thinking, I don't think they're thinking about that when they're getting these. I think, and, go ahead. I don't, I don't know about that one though, because okay. like, okay, your wedding is supposed to represent how you guys are together for a long time. Right. And it is separate from everyone else's relationship. Yeah. So, why would it matter what everyone else is wearing? Yeah, I don't think it matters what everyone else is wearing. I'm saying they're doing it to separate themselves. And on that, that aspect, I think that's why they're doing it. I don't think that's a problem necessarily that to separate yourselves from other couples or other people. Mm-hmm. But I think the reason they should not do it is because of the, the trendiness of it, the fleeting, the that this could be a, that it could symbolize of sort of fleetingness. But well, okay, you got a hypothetical mind situation. We got one person over here. Yeah. And 
it's pretty normal in his society to get a black wedding ring. But he wants one. He wants a black wedding ring. And then you got a person over here. And in his society, it is super trendy. Right. They both are the same person. Okay. If they both uniquely want this wedding band, why does it matter that other people in this guy's society are getting it as a trend in this society? It's pretty normal. Uh, I think... I don't know what society consistently if you if your society consistently got black wedding rings mm-hmm. then I have absolutely no problem with it because then it would not be a trend. So okay. but I, I just, certainly our society isn't that way. And I don't know what society is that way but in the context of our society it it is a trend it's new it's certainly new. I don't think it's something that is going to be staying. And what I'm saying is that when I see it I see a trend. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm not saying if, if you don't see a trend in black wedding rings, then by all means go for it. But all I'm saying is when people go into, if for a lot of our listeners who are not married, when you're going into this, I, I just, I want that to be something they keep in mind and not necessarily to discourage them from doing it, but just like that, that this is a symbol. It's not providing really any practical use. So that is one interpretation people could have. Um, but yeah, by all means, if if you are in a group of people that what black wedding rings do imply a consistency or a um, lastingness, then go for it. Um, so. So all this talk about wedding rings—is there yeah. a girl in your life, Tommy? No, no, no. It's just it's something I've been noticing, and um, and uh, I just felt like it'd be something I'd be interested in talking about a little bit, but. That banana smells good. I know. Yeah. Good smelling banana. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's move on to road rage. Or elevators. Right. Or elevators that are making loud sounds. Loud noises. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, the travel situation in Costa Rica. Like, is for Was there like... Oof. What was that like? Oof. You want to talk about the road system or you want to talk about like... Anything. What was your first impression? Like when you got there, like these people are drive crazy or they don't I drive crazy? I honestly didn't know whether I was going to come back alive um while i was there i had seen several news stories about tourist vehicles crashing which is did not surprise me at that point because upon like getting to the actual streets of san jose costa rica it was like i could not honestly tell where the road began where our side of the road began and the others didn't because it was like People driving on this, like, it was, okay, just imagine a big highway with zero lines <laughs> and only, like, giant potholes. I'm not trying to trash talk to Costa right. Rica, but, like, this area, the specific area that I was in was very bad. And then um, the highways were, highways were pretty nice. Um, they have a really good highway system. Um, but then it, when you get into some of the rural, rural, is that right? Rural? Yeah, that's you guys. That's a weird sounding word. It rural. Is. It's hard to say. I've... Ever since I saw that in a textbook when I was little, I was like, this word is not good. Why is it spelled that way? <laughs> yeah. Why do, you, why do you look so weird? Rural? Rural. Yeah, in the rural areas. And so, the place where I was living, uh, Brazilito, wait, uh, what's it called? Brazilito. Yeah, Brazilito, which is like little little Brazil. Um, it was really bad. So, there's this bridge that had collapsed, and um, it was a two-way bridge, and it was replaced with a one-way bridge. And this area gets very, very popular in certain times, certain seasons, because like they have a really nice beach. 
Right. And so the locals told me that like during Easter, Easter week, like Easter Sunday or whatever, there'll be like miles of cars just stacked up on each other. Um, so that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, their highways are pretty nice and cool, but, uh, the people that are, that were driving me were just like absolute unsafe people. (laughs) So do they have any stoplights or signs? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's pretty normal. Um, they have stop signs and stop signs. It's just that, um, in the towns that I visited, there weren't like a lot of painted, um, like lines on the road. Right. I think it was just like, I don't know. My, free-for-all. Yeah, it was kind of a free for all, but I'm not saying that it's like completely crazy. That mm-hmm. It was just some of the areas and you'll find that here in the States too. You'll find areas that are like, why is this road like this? Yeah. But, um, yeah, especially this part I was in. It wasn't yeah. like, like I was saying, it's not bad, but it's just, yeah. it could use some work. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, my next question is, what the flo- our philosophy on honking. Like, when do we honk? When do we think it's acceptable to honk? Um, I'd say if someone's on their phone for a solid one, one and a half seconds, then you push the horn. Yeah. Let them know. Uh, I heard this thing on another podcast, this guy talking about pre-honks. Pre-honk? Yeah, so pre-honk is basically if you, the person in front of you is clearly on their phone and you know the light's about to change to green, <laughs> you just give them a little pre-honk, <laughs> wake them up a little bit, right. let them know. Yeah, let's go, let's go. And, and that was, it, it can be obviously kind of risky because people will take that very personally. People take it personally even when they're like at a red light mm-hmm. and just sitting there, yeah. let alone if it was... Like, I'm, not, I'm important. <laughs> I'm important to her than you. Yeah. So, now, I don't know. Like, I if someone pre-honked me, I think I'd, I'd see what they were doing, and I'd be fairly okay with it. Because, like, okay, they're just letting me know, like, mm-hmm. it's about to turn. I'd be like, oh, okay. But, like, you would get a lot of people taking that very personally. Yeah. And that could be kind of risky. Especially in Iowa. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. It's not New York City. I think yeah. my dad made a Facebook post about how he, wait, what? He was the one that pre-honked. Okay. And the guy freaked out. Or was the other one? Yeah. yeah. Pre-honking is going to ha- it's gonna get some... Re- Nine times out of ten, at least, you're going to get a negative reaction. Yeah. Rarely is a person going to take it as just like... like oh, thanks. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. yeah. There's a... We were at my sister's play, and there was, like, there was a pedestrian crossing, so we were just, like, sitting there, waiting, and uh, the car behind us honks very rudely, <laughs> and so I, like... I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like... Make a fist at him and like grr. <laughs> so I do this whole fisty grr thing, and then I like lie down underneath the thing so they can't see me. What? And then we pull into the parking lot, and it was like the director of my sister's, like one of the guys that helped out with my sister's play. Yeah. I'm like, oh, this Same. is awkward. Uh, well, that leads us nicely into our next one question, which is, what is your response to road rage? So when people show road rage to you, what is your response? Well. I'd say classic for me is just to go by and give them a little stare down. A little stare down. <laughs> a little like, stare down. Hey, hey, give them eyes. I like to do this like, hi! Like a wave <laughs> and a smile. Wow. Like, hey, how's it going? Um, Pretend Tommy, like you know him. You have an interesting road rage story to tell. Oh, yeah. I have. Like, you're on a bike or Yeah, something. I mentioned this last week to you guys specifically. And a couple people have heard this story, but this is, this is my response to road rage. So, okay, last fall I was riding around on my bike looking for a track so I can do handstands yeah. because tracks are the ideal p- 
play, things do handstands because they have they're fairly firm, but they also give a little bit, and you want that kind of balance. Mm-hmm. So tracks are ideal. Anyway, I was going around looking for the Ames Middle School track, which is actually not. It's more dirt than anything else, mm-hmm. so it's, it turned out to be not really um, a track. Not really a track, so not ideal. But I was going down down a hill, and this lady on my bike, and this lady pulled up behind me as I was going down the hill, and I wasn't really going. I was going down the hill, so I, I was going fairly fast, even though I was on my bike. Mm-hmm. And it was a residential area, so it wasn't like the speed limit was very high. And I really didn't slow her down at all. And at the bottom of the hill, I turned off to go to the track to mm-hmm. check it out. As I was turning off, she went by and honked at me twice. And I looked at her, and all I saw was a person who has to sit at a reception desk all day long and has to be really nice. Like at a dentist place. Yeah, like a dentist and has all these like suppressed emotions because all she had to do was smile all day. Yeah. And so when she honked at me twice, I... I would just, and I, I didn't feel like it was warranted at all. Mm-hmm. And I've done a number of things that like could be warranted a honk that I hadn't got honked before. I was like, so why is she using her honks on this? Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't, I didn't have like an angry reaction. I more just have like, I have a curiosity about like why people do things they yeah. do. And so I just, I want to find out. And it was a res- residential area. So I was like, okay, she probably doesn't live too far from here. So I just followed her. So I pulled back onto the road and followed her to where she lived, mm-hmm. which was um, probably like a total of six blocks, mm-hmm. a couple up and then a couple to the right and then a couple east and then a couple back south, whatever. And right as she pulled into her driveway, I was like pulling up because I was able to catch up fairly quickly because it was a residential area, like I said. And I just, I just like kind of loudly asked like why did you honk at me because I was just I actually wanted to see, I wanted to see what her answer was because I wanted to see if I get like an actual answer or one of those like or an answer like clearly she was just letting out some steam mm-hmm. yeah. and her answer was something about like I need to share the road with pedestrians or with us uh, sorry with cars mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which I'm not 100% sure like I was just going going down the road down the hill I didn't really slow her down at that much, mm-hmm. and I pulled off right there. I was only probably in front of her for like three or four seconds. Yeah, and not to mention it's perfectly legal too. Yeah, also it's legal. Now I do understand like bikers on roads can be obnoxious, mm-hmm. and also bikers do have it because like if if a biker choose to go on the sidewalk, pedestrians get annoyed, and if they go on the street, cars get annoyed. Exactly. So it's kind of a lose lose. But anyway, I do understand why. Cars don't really like that, but I was really only in front of her for, like I said, probably three or four seconds. So anyway, I just asked her that. She didn't really give me a reaction, uh, real like answer. We just sort of like said basically the same thing over and over again for like probably a couple minutes, ninety seconds, <laughs> and then it just sort of fizzled out, and I left. And I I will continue to do things like this just because like it's it's just interesting to see why people what people will say. Mm. Like I don't have like any kind of bad intentions or. Um, like like hostile motives, but it just it's more an interesting thing to me. Yeah, I would find it fascinating just to learn what people are like. Just see what it is. Yeah, especially it's, someone like that. It's interesting. So um, anyway, that's my that's my response to road rage. Just more just like I use it as opportunity to uh, do like um, information search <laughs> on humans. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of the time, you don't really get the opportunity. Like. It's just someone, someone flips you off or something and they go by on their motorcycle yeah. or whatever. You don't really have a chance to f- try to ask them about it. Why did you do that? Yeah, why did you do that? Yeah, well, why did you do that? 
Um, so that's that's my response to road rage, at least in that situation. It's really confusing to me because it's Ames is a very college e town, and to expect there not to be bikers on the road is kind of ridiculous considering that the yeah. half of the population yeah. does not have very much money. Right. Yeah, can we, for a second, we talked a little about this last week, I think, when we just, or a couple weeks ago. The people who drive on campus, absolutely no sympathy for them. It's ridiculous. Who drive their cars on campus, because you know there's 36,000 students, especially during the school day, 36,000 students are walking around. Yeah. You're not going to get through it all. And sometimes I'm like walking in front of these people who are stopped there with their car. I'm like, I feel bad because they have to like wait forever. Yeah. They're like, wait, why am I feeling bad? They knew exactly yeah. what was going to happen. You know what you're getting into. Yeah. If, you're, if you're trying to get to class, you should have gone, you should have gone before right. and been on time. Yeah. But no, you chose to be late and tried to speed through your whole campus yeah. town and be like, it's, like, it's no, not that's not how things work. No. You can't just... And if, if your job is to drive like a service vehicle around campus or something like Th- that's still not a good reason because every job has parts that suck mm-hmm. <laughs> and that's just part of it. I've noticed the service people are pretty good. So like yeah, they know. They'll stop and stop. Right. They're pretty used to it. But uh, every once in a while you get a truck that'll like, it'll be completely ridiculous because you'll be like walking across the street and this truck's like half a block away and you're like, okay, that's enough time if he just stays at that speed. But no, he speeds up. <laughs> yeah. And he starts to kill me. Starts to kill I, you, yeah. I feel like I just want to stop and let him hit me. <laughs> <laughs> make it to shame. Just, just to shame. Prove a point. Yeah. Make a point. But then hey. I'd miss my, like, test or something. You wouldn't so. would miss your test. That's a good point. Everyone knows I can't miss my test. Yeah. That's true. Okay. My next question is, do people's personalities change when they get behind the wheel? That uh, depends. Uh, but I think 100%, if for the people, if it does affect you, like, 100% sure yeah. your personality changes. It's like a power thing. Yeah. Like, you get, like, someone that's right. never felt power before and you give them that. That yeah. feeling, you're like, ooh. Yeah, they have adrenaline, they can cut people off, they can mm-hmm. stop in front of anyone. It, it's a little like when you bully people online, mm-hmm. because there's not, like, a direct repercussion. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about that, it's like, people always talk about the online bullying, because they don't have to face face them face-to-face. Mm-hmm. This is a little bit the same way, because there's a good chance you're just going to drive off and nothing's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it, it's, it's not like you're, um, like, st- stepping in front of another pedestrian or something. Yeah. Um, okay. And another thought was the other people who I've noticed have, uh, whose personalities really change when they get behind the wheel are people whose identity is tied up so much in their car. Really? Like oh, people, people who are like, like really into their car. Yeah. Their so. car is like them. Like it's 90% of them. Mm-hmm. Like I knew someone who was like a fairly, I don't know, timid might be a too strong, too strong of a word, but like a fairly timid person. But like when he got behind the wheel of the car, he was super aggressive because mm-hmm. that was like that was him. That's that was, like that's where he's comfortable. Yeah, that's where he's comfortable. So, the, I th- I think it really does affect um, yeah. you. Like how I'm like more comfortable around females sometimes than I'm around guys. It depends actually. If I'm around <laughs> like friends that are girls, I'm like pretty comfortable. And then like if I'm around new guy friends, like I'm really uncomfortable. Just yeah. because like I grew up with sisters, so like right. making friends with the girls is normal. Mm-hmm. That's the same way, like, if you're in a car all the time or you're always thinking about cars, you're always going to be, like, you're going to be comfortable with your cars. Yeah. That's interesting. So, I, I emailed the, um, I, have you seen the show Mindhunter on Netflix? I've heard of it. Yeah, okay, it's very good. And I, I reached out to one of the psychology professors, specifically, like, a child psychologist, mm-hmm. or like, uh, who studies the par- effects of parenting and stuff like that mm-hmm. at Iowa State. And I like to do a podcast with him. 
because Mindhunter and is a lot about how like the parenting affected future serial killers, mm-hmm. people who turn into serial killers. I asked him some questions about that with Mindhunter, and um, so we'll see. Hopefully that happens. That'd be, cool. That'd be really fun. Yeah, it could be like next week or something. I don't know if you, if you have time or whatever, but yeah. uh, uh, interview this guy about that. But anyway, um, other questions. Okay, very, what are specific things that ma- that people do in their cars that make you feel road rage towards them? Um, not a whole lot. I I usually try and just like laugh it off. <laughs> yeah, same. Sometimes like if you're passing someone and then and then you're about to pass them back and they start to speed up, mm-hmm. I don't want to. It's not my job to remind you to. That's fairly go fast. Yeah. yeah. Or um, it's just them out of spite. They don't like someone passing them. Yeah. When they like, when someone like gives you a clear to go, but so like I don't know, it's kind of hard to like explain with words. But right. imagine like you're at a intersection and you stop, and someone there's like this whole intersection's full, and you right. stop, and then one of the people tells you to go, even though you know that you weren't. Right. Like, it's someone else's turn. Yeah. That kind of annoys me. And then they get all mad at you because you're not going because yeah. they let you in or whatever. It's like, yeah, no. Yeah. And then it becomes so complicated. Anytime I, my car and another person's car stop at the same time, I just go regardless. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, it takes a while for yeah. people to communicate. My main thing is when, this is a fairly common one, when people are in the left lane, the passing lane going slow. Oh. And this is... Minnesota specific because I've noticed don't yeah okay so to to a few of our Minnesota listeners maybe they can answer this for us but it seems like right when I cross cross the Minnesota border it's like a car drops down from heaven Mm -hmm. right or the skies it drops down from the skies right in the left lane it's going like five under yeah it's like it just all of a sudden it's it's so weird every single time it's like right when I cross the border it's like okay here's a car all of a sudden in the left lane it was never it wasn't here before mm-hmm. and now it's going 65 and a 75 <laughs> and it's so weird I don't understand it that is, yeah that's really annoying and then on the other side of that so like imagine you're passing a semi right yeah and then you pass that semi and you're you're from Iowa so you know to get over right you're <laughs> yeah. not from Minnesota not from- <laughs> so you're not gonna stay there like an idiot so you're like, okay, I'm going to get over in front of the semi so this guy behind me can pass me. Yeah. So you get up just enough where it's safe to turn in the right lane. But no, this guy behind you, he cuts in like front of, like, he makes that small uh, gap. Yeah. And he's like, I'm like, dude, I would have let you go by, but you couldn't <laughs> wait three seconds for me to turn. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. Um, yeah, it's a, okay, this is good. Also, when if... Like a runner or a biker is coming up on a, a stoplight and they press the button mm-hmm. and then it's like 30 seconds and they they run across. Yeah. And they're probably all the way into their apartment sitting on the couch <laughs> Cheetos watching television <laughs> when it goes to zero. Oh. <laughs> and it's like, it's like, dude, you could just look back and see when, and then you can run across real quick. Yeah. I did that a million times. Um, okay. Do I have any other questions about this? Um, we talk about pre-honking. Um, do we think... I don't really know the answer to this, but do we think road rage will become more or less common in the future? Um, I think it'll get less common. Um, just because I think there's going to be less people driving in the future. Yeah, I guess autonomous cars would take care of a lot of this. Autonomous, car, autonomous cars. Autonomous. Autonomous cars. And like more people living in the cities, I think 
more people are going to become um, less reliant on their vehicles and yeah. more reliant on walking. Yeah. Hopefully, this is just like a an idealistic. Right. So hopefully. What do you think about people using high beams and when you meet them in the dark, it takes them so long to turn them off. Turn off their high beams. Yeah. I think you need to be a smart person and turn your stupid high beams off because <laughs> yeah. I can't see. Yeah, smart people out there, get it together. Um, okay. I don't really have anything. I don't have any other questions. I feel like we nailed it. Yeah, I feel like we talked about a lot of stuff. Also, uh, as far as the wedding ring stuff goes, I'd really be interested in hearing people's opinions on this. Um, that's no mainly the reason I talked about it. I kind of want to hear what people have thought their thoughts about it. Um, and uh, does anybody else have anything to add? I, think we're I slept on this couch last night. Nice. You did? Nice. Yeah. Very cool. I fell asleep. Whoa. And then I woke up at 6 a.m. like, why am I on this couch in this strange room? Yeah. For future reference, we're in a... What is this room? This is the community den at the... Um, build. I live in a... It's called the Memorial Union, and they're doing housing for the students this year, Iowa State. Yeah. Um, and so, it's not like a place you'd sleep in, but I fell asleep because I was on the phone. There is a shark carpet here. Yeah. It's a carpet that in the shape and of a shark, and there's a shark on it. Yeah. It's, it's not like it's made out of shark. No, you're right. It is nice to look at. Most of the stuff in here looks a little like a... Uh, bad hotel. Yeah, it definitely feels bad hotel. But the shark hotel. It, <laughs> the shark hotel. The shark carpet is fun. It's yes. Cool. And the I might take it. The shark doesn't have any teeth, by the way. Well, that's better that way. I prefer sharks yeah. without teeth. And their front lip or front, whatever you call it, is way ahead of their bottom. Yeah, he would be. He <laughs> would be a goofy looking human. Yeah. Okay. Well, without further ado, we're gonna end this thing. My name is Thomas Galloway. I'm Evan Isabel. Noah Galloway. Uh, stay tuned for another episode of the Galloway and Isabel podcast, hopefully with uh, a professor here at Iowa State about psychology. Woohoo! Yeah. So everyone have an incredible day. Have a great one. Yeah. Bye.